Well, I wonder whether you have set yourself any New Year's resolutions, uh, given that it's uh, 2020. Uh, for those of us uh, that were involved in kind of making five-year plans, 2020 was the key year to land on. So I, I hope that you managed to you know, think through what has been and what will be. Uh, it was really encouraging to see uh, 542 people at Park Run yesterday. Um, uh, up on up on the skyline, all you know, being very enthusiastic with their health challenges. My, my guess is that next week or the week after, the number will be a little lower because uh, 542 was a great uh, record. The funny thing about New Year's resolutions is that most of the time they are focused around us. We're the centre of this little world and, and we set ourselves a little target about how we're going to improve and do better over the next year. You know, if you're being really radical, then you'll have a kind of uh, a wider New Year's resolution that is about being a blessing or a change maker in the context that you are in. But either way, we have landed in 2020, that year that in 2015 was the year of perfect vision and clarity, the year when everything was going to be okay and calm and organised and politics was going to be peaceful and the uh, uh, financial crisis was going to be over and, of course, the building project was going to be done. Um, but things don't always move as quickly or necessarily in the direction that we wanted, want them to. In fact, uh, what began in 2008 with the collapse of the Lehman Brothers Bank led to austerity, a gamble over the internal conflict within a political party and years of uncertainty about the UK's future relationship with Europe. And to make things worse as we start 2020, Donald Trump decides to blow someone up and create more uncertainty with no apparent plan as to what to do next. But don't worry, by the time we get to February, we will have left Europe and everything will be fine. Uh, but of course, whether you want it to be in or out, when we get to February, that's when the real work begins. And the long and winding journey that has got us here really just begins and gets going. There will be much to do. In a world that feels less like 2020 vision and more and more blurred, how can we have faith? How can we have hope in a world that keeps throwing uncertain things at us? Well, first of all, I would like just to remind us of the political long view, just in case you needed reminding. Um, I've thrown a few dates up here, and, and um, if you're a historian, um, you'll do a much better job of this. But a little reminder that in 1297, the English and the Scots were still fighting one another. Things don't change much. Uh, 1508, King Henry VIII is crowned as king. 1707, England and Scotland are united 
forever together. Uh, 1776, uh, America decides to go their own way. 1801, Britain uh, and Irish parliaments are joined with the Act of the Union. 1802, the rectory is built, just to give you some context. 1921, Ireland is granted independence. And over the last uh, 99 years, more and more folks have gone their own way. If we learn anything from history, we should at least know this. That political boundaries change. And as uncomfortable as it might be, and however much we might want that or not want it... It will all get worked out in the end, and it'll probably be okay, even if we don't like it. And the kingdom of God, more importantly, does not equate to the United Kingdom, or Great Britain, or Europe, or America. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, which is far more wide-reaching than any political or geographical boundary. As citizens of heaven, whatever the political party in office, we are supposed to love one another. We're supposed to be a blessing to those around us. We're supposed to care for the poor, to share the gospel, to live at peace with one another and to keep on praying for those in authority. I was walking the other day on a rather slippery, muddy walk on the other side of Bath and we uh, wandered through a graveyard and I happened to take this photo. And the graveyard is filled with crosses like this. Some Celtic crosses, some ordinary crosses. This church has them. We've got one here. In a changing culture, it can be all too easy to want to change the gospel, to try and make it fit, to try and make it easier for people to believe, to try and make the Christian faith a little bit more palatable. But in removing or seeking to remove the difficult bits, in seeking to remove, as some do, the fact that Jesus died to pay the price for our sins, what we can do along the way is to also remove the power of the gospel. 1 Corinthians 1 23 says this, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles, but to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, Christ's the power of uh, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom 
And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So folks, as we enter into 2020, in an uncertain world, let's keep our eyes fixed with certainty on Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith. His gospel, his life, his death, his resurrection is more than enough for us. And we should not water it down. We should not change it to make it more palatable or digestible. We should communicate it with enthusiasm and with creativity. But communicate it in its truth, we must. I do believe that people are still hungry for the gospel. I don't know whether you've picked up, but this year at the carol service, there were 585 people, reliably counted by Paddy, the church warden, and he's a lawyer, so I believe him. Uh, I'm informed by Tom Perrier that this is the highest number since 1986. Uh, where there were 642 people, and two years prior to that, there were 704. So this is the third highest attendance in a lot of years. Folks, whether people are coming just because they want a Christian experience, and that's how we packaged it this year, or whether they just want to come and sing a Christmas carol, or whether the admin team got the advertising right or face on Facebook with the fantastic banner right at the end of the end of Western High Street. Who knows? What I know is that there were 585 people there who sang the truth of the gospel, who heard the truth of the gospel sung by the magnificent choir, and who heard the gospel preached. And we have to keep on inviting people, finding creative ways to express the message. But the message is unchanging. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Folks, as we go into 2020, know that there are people who are hungry for Jesus Christ in the midst of the joys and the tragedies of life. In the midst of the highs and in the midst of the pain, people seek out the living God. Will we be the kind of Christian community that help them that help those who are looking to find him. We have a plan in this place to grow as a Christian community. The church vision, a church on the way, uh, lays out clearly the potential here for there to be a community of, say, 750 people. That number, by the way, is not a word from the Lord. It is not a political pledge or a promise. It is simply 10% or a little bit more of the population of Western. 
It is a way of us saying together that what God has in this place is currently more than we see, is more than we can currently hold. It is a target to stretch us and lead us into action to keep us sharing our faith with those around us. But people need a place to gather. And as part of that vision, we have a vision to transform the buildings. So let me talk briefly about Rock, because that is coming this year. The plan has been going for a long time, and I think on one of the things that I saw, the plan was to have it delivered by 2020. We haven't quite broken ground yet, but these things take a long time. The idea, in fact, as far as I can tell, predates the church centre. In some of the early conversations about what to do with the church centre, there were conversations about what you do with this building and how, crucially, those two spaces connect. Recent generations have wrestled with what to do with this space and, they, and how we can set this space to work for the kingdom of God. And that opportunity is now ours. And I long for the day when this space is freed up of pews so that we can use this space creatively to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I look forward to the day when there's an accessible and welcoming entrance on this side of the church so that we can get people in and out with ease and welcome them really well. I can't wait for the day when we don't have to stick parents with children into a damp vestry that, quite frankly, if you haven't been in it recently, smells a bit and is a bit tardy and is too small for the number of young children and families that we have. I can't wait for the day when they can be close and connected and that those new spaces can be filled with life and faith during the week as people grow as followers of Jesus. We are in the midst of a two-stage planning application. The first is a Baines local authority planning application, and the second part, which will come later in the year, is the Church of England faculty application. We've already submitted the Baines planning application and we're currently in the process of providing them with more information. So before Christmas year, some of you filled in a parking survey about how you got here. And they need all of that information. And we hope that we can hear back from them really soon. And we're increasingly hopeful that the news that they will give us will be positive And that they will grant us planning permission. Once we've received that planning information at planning permission, we will be coming back to the church, probably in the early part of this year, hopefully even this term, to come back to you and to the wider community and to give you an opportunity to give generously so that we can get to the point of breaking ground. Now, some of you might kind of go, oh, Mark, but you know what? I, 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 there's enough change going on in the world. You know, have we really got the energy to do this? 
And, and you know, folks, I, I want to reassure you that change is normal, that it's costly, but also that it is covered. As we look at this space, you need to know, if you haven't already clocked it, that this is not the original church. In 1830, someone knocked it down and decided to rebuild a new one. They just left us with the tower, which was jolly nice. It was a jolly nice medieval tower. But change is all around us. This building has been changed and developed over time. When this church was originally built, it was in the midst of a tiny little village called Weston on the outskirts of Bath. Now... Weston is part of the city of Bath, with a 5,000-employee hospital on our doorstep, transforming the buildings so that they are welcoming and continue to witness to the gospel in our generation is a pretty normal thing to do. Secondly, it's costly. It's taken a huge amount of time effort and finances to get us to this point and it will take a lot more time effort and finances to get us to the point where we open the new spaces but i think that cost is worth paying and lastly change is covered but what do i mean by that what i mean quite simply is that the earth is the lord's and everything in it He has got the resources to cover this. He has got more than enough to do what is, quite frankly, a few little changes to this building so that they can be released for his kingdom. He's got all the cash to do it and the energy to do it. He's just given the cash and the energy to people. And the challenge will be helping you and others to get that money passed on so that we can get the job done. That's a terrible phrase. I'm so sorry. I sound a bit like Boris. Uh, you, you know, I went, I, went, I went through this before, uh, before I, this morning and, and just tried to extract anything that sounded like Boris Johnson, um, it's, which is very difficult to do, especially when you want to get a project done. Uh, the last thing is this, and with this I come into land. I don't know whether you've noticed, but outside the church on the corner here, there's a new little signpost, just a subtle little wooden one. It's a signpost for the Cotswold Way, and it directs people right past our front door. And what's happened recently is that as the change in the footpath happened a little bit further down and a post got moved, there was a negotiation with the Cotswold Way people. They have people. Uh, And we agreed to move the sign a little bit closer to the church. And that sign is now on the corner of the church property right on that little corner of grass, and it directs people right past our door. And folks come and walk and sit 
and rest and seek refreshment. And they sit on the wall out here and on the steps out here. Thousands pass this property every single year doing the Cotswold Way. And whenever I bump into them, I ask them which direction they're going in. Because they're either nearly finished or they're just getting going. But thousands of others pass our way each year. Not necessarily walking the Cotswold Way, but passing through this place. And more importantly, passing living stones. Not just the stones of a building, but passing the living stones of people. You and me. And as they pass by, as they come close to church, the building and the community, what will they find this year? Will they discover a museum to the history of faith? Will they find a plaque on the wall that reads, A group of Christians used to meet here. Or will they bump into a community of faith? People following the way of Jesus and inviting others to do the same. Can I encourage you to have eyes open, to have hearts open. And this year, make your resolve not just to be about you, but about others. Because he's got more than enough to do all that he wants to do in our generation. He's just looking for some people to come and join in with him. One of the ways that you could do this is just to be in invitation mode. In the new term card, on the back of the term card here, there are just a couple of dates in for this term where there's an opportunity to discover Jesus, the way, the truth and the life. And the first of those is on the 16th of January. If you're the kind of person that, you know, you want to invite, but you want to invite people to something, well, here's something that you can invite people to. And I'm going to be talking quite briefly just about how you can find peace in this slightly crazy world. Let me finish with this verse that we had read to us earlier. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times you have all that you need. You will abound in every good work. Amen.